special like to welcome our visitors that we have here today. We appreciate you being here with us this morning. We still have a number of our family that's out traveling for the holidays. We pray for their safe return, and we pray that you're having a great holiday weekend, extended weekend, maybe without work. I don't know. That's a good thing. Um, This morning, we will not have a PowerPoint. It's not because Ethan's not here. Actually, it is because Ethan's out of town for his birthday, so we don't have PowerPoint this morning. Uh, But I bet we'll get through it. You know, we've heard lessons and messages in the past on... uh, on different hymns such as, It Is Well With My Soul. We know the story of Horatio Spafford and the the writing those words after he lost his children at sea. A beautiful song that has touched us for, for generations, born out of a tragedy. We've read of Charles Wesley, who in 1738, after his conversion, wrote these beautiful words, And can it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Again, after a major turning point in a person's life, his conversion, a beautiful song, was written. We now have contemporary Christian music now. It often have stories of heartache, tragedy, and great stories of conversion behind them. But I'd like to take a look at one this morning that most likely just started as a thought, a feeling in his heart, and turned into a poem, and later a hymn. This one's a little different because it does not come from some major event, no tragedy, no, no conversion in his life, just a lifetime of gratitude and thankfulness to his heavenly father. Thomas Chisholm was born in Kentucky in 1866, and although he lacked proper education, he became a school teacher. He later became an ordained pastor. During that time, he began writing poetry. Due to poor health, he was not able to continue in the ministry. He did, however, continue to write poetry. And in 1941, Chisholm wrote this about his life and his beautiful poem that turned into a hymn. My income has not been large at any time due to impaired health in the earlier years which has followed me until now. Although I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and that He has given me more wonderful displays of His providing care for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. Lamentations 3 and 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You see, this is not a story of a man who had a horrific tragedy in his life. This is not a story of a man who's speaking of his conversion. This is just a man facing everyday life, like most of us, that chose to be grateful because he chose not only to see the blessings from God, but to recognize the faithfulness of God. And he wrote the words to a beautiful hymn. We don't sing it a whole lot, but it was repeatedly used in Billy Graham's ministry. Great is thy faithfulness. We all know this song. I'm not going to read all the lyrics to you this morning, but I would like to read the first verse to you. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. 
thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Brother, and I pray over the next 20, 30 minutes, I pray that I can bring something edifying to you. I pray I can keep your attention to you this morning, but I will tell you, I always remember what my dad used to tell me. When you get up, get your message out the first 10 minutes. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Malachi 3 and 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Brethren, praise God. He does not change. Because I assure you, I have given plenty of reason for Him to change on me. Romans 8 and 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for the sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A love that we cannot possibly understand. Ephesians 3 and 19. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Your God loves you. My God loves me. He loved me before I was in my mother's womb. He knew me and he loved me. He loved me yesterday, he loves me today, and he will love me tomorrow, for my God does not change. Your God loves you, and your God is faithful to you. This morning we're going to study a little bit about God's faithfulness to us, and how this faithfulness really boils down to one thing, and that's his love for us. Why would God be faithful to me? Because he loves you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a sinner, but he loves you. Why would God be faithful to someone that continually is unfaithful to him? Because God loves you. Sean, I've turned my back on God. Yeah, me too. But you're faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Your God will never turn his back on you. That is your God. And that is the God that we serve today. This is the same loving and unchanging, all-powerful God that Dave, uh, David praised in Psalms 145. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Brethren, that's your God. And one of his attributes that make your creator, your father, so great and so worthy to be praised is his faithfulness to you. The word faithfulness means lasting loyalty and trustworthiness. The fact or quality of being true to one's word or commitments. Being dedicated and steadfast and performing one's duties. The Hebrew word, imunah, it means firmness, steadiness, fidelity, and trust. 
The Greek word pistos is translated faithful or faithfulness or believing. Other uses are sure and true. Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Your God is firm and your God is steady in his promises to you and his word to you. Numbers 23 and 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he do it not? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Brother, I want you to think about something for a moment. Your God, your creator, your God is the God of truth. You can have trust in his word. You can have trust in his promises to you. You know, there are people that you trust. There are people that I trust. There are people that I don't trust. There are people that are faithful to you, and there are some people that are not faithful to you. But you know, no matter what the relationship, I ask you, can you say without a doubt, 100% of the time, without fail, without wavering, without changing, without question, they are faithful in all things, your emotions, your feelings, in everything. I hope you have a relationship like that with someone. But let me tell you, we are people, and people err. We make mistakes. We fail at love sometimes. And quite frankly, unlike God, we change. We change our opinions, our feelings. But I can assure you as a child of God, you have a 100% all-in faithful at all times relationship with your heavenly father if that's what you choose to accept question is do you have faith in his faithfulness and brethren that's really the difficult part isn't it having trust and faith in his faithfulness i know everyone here believes in god this morning otherwise you wouldn't be here the question i have for you this morning is do you trust in his faithfulness Because, brother, let me assure you of something. That right there is a benefit that only you as a Christian, one of his children, could obtain or possibly understand. That's part of the thing that brings us peace. It's that comfort. And, brother, that's his love for you. Did you know peace is actually something that he told you he would give you? That was his word to you. He promised you peace. In Romans 5 and 1, therefore being justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the word giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, that is what the writer of this hymn understood. He said, life has not turned out the way I intended, but I had a life, thanks to my God. I may not have had the health that I wanted or the career that I chose. But I had a God that was faithful and loyal to me. A God who gave me his word and a God that kept his word. And therefore, I've had an abundant life. How do you see your life this morning? 
Do you look at the things around you and the people in your life and the relationships that you have? Do you recognize that and thank God for those blessings, but also humbly thank God for just keeping his word? God is faithful. God cannot lie. And he keeps his word. Having this knowledge is a beautiful thing. Knowing God has promised us things and has given us his word is a blessing in itself. And I pray this morning as we start to see the the many blessings that we receive that we understand that these are things that are not happening by accident. These are things that God intended from the beginning and he gave you his word. And they are fulfilled. But to truly grasp the blessing, not only do you have to acknowledge that God is faithful in all things, but you must realize what he's promised you. What he says about your walk with him. The list of God's promises and, and His Word to His people, are, it's a crazy number, and I'm not sure I could count them all if I wanted to, but I have heard it's anywhere from 7,400 up to 30,000, I guess, depending on how you interpret it. And quite honestly, I have no idea which number is closer. But I do know in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, it says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him amen unto the glory of God by us. I know every promise in there He keeps. Brethren, your God is the creator of promises, and he is a promise keeper. And although there may be 7,500 promises, we can't go over all those this morning, but I would like to cover just a few that I've used in my lifetime that give me great peace, give me great joy, hope. There are some that show me the awesomeness of our God like no other. There are some that makes his love undeniable. And because of that, his faithfulness is more evident. And brother, that in itself, again, helps to build a relationship between you and your heavenly father. God is a faithful God. He keeps his word and he is steadfast. If you are a child of God, if you have opened the Bible and turned to Psalms 23 and not recognized the many promises and the beauty of his word in that chapter you need to do that the lord is my shepherd and i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your God is your shepherd. Your God, in layman's terms, he takes care of you and protects you. And this is his promise to you. That is your faithful, promise-keeping God. Psalms 91 and 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. You know, there are so many things in the world today, so many things that hurt us, harm us, and dishearten us. There are so many things that can bring us to our knees. Brethren, there are fears in the world. Your God says, I'll protect you. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. 
I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How many pro- uh, promises in that one verse? I'm with thee. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. That's your promise keeping God. Sean, you don't get it, man. We are facing something terrible. God gets it. And he's there. But Sean, we're, man, we are really struggling. It's okay. God's got you. Sean, I was, I was just, just diagnosed, and God will strengthen you. Do you trust your God? Do you have faith in his faithfulness? Sean, man, you don't get it. We're having marital problems. We don't have the strength to go another day. Isaiah 40 and 29. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's your promise-keeping God. So often, we face these things in our lives, and we think we are facing them alone. Brothers and sisters, you're not taking advantage of an awesome God who is by your side. Again, you may turn your back on him, but he will never turn his back on you. He is always there. Joshua 1 and 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Folks, at your lowest, when you are at your breaking point, Your God grabs you by the hand and says, I got you. So-and-so may fail you. Your friends may fail you. Your co-workers may fail you. Your family may fail you. Your spouse may fail you. But God is saying, my child, I will not fail thee. I will not leave you ever. I give you my word. And that's your God. Is there anything more comforting than knowing you will never face anything alone back to psalms 23 yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me sean (laughs) these trials these times in our lives are just too much i don't know that god can do anything isaiah 43 and 2 when thou passeth through the waters i will be with thee And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Have you ever felt that way? Something that you're dealing with? Have you ever felt that you were just about ready to drown? Drown in debt, drown in sorrow, drown in anger. The waves are fixing to crush you. God says, I got you. That water will not overflow you. Not my child. Not one of mine. That's your promise keeping God. While speaking of these difficult times that occur in our lives and the need for our Heavenly Father and His promises, there's one promise that He makes that absolutely encourages and reassures me like no other. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. 
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Now hear this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am at my weakest moment, my God's strength is there. His strength is perfect in my weakness. At my weakest moment, my God is at his strongest. The cares of this world that we have today, they're never going to go away. Maybe the financial struggles make it worse. Your marriage may be in shambles. Young people, it may feel as if you are the only one trying to do right. You're not popular. You don't have friends. And it may feel that you're all alone. But God promises you, you're never alone. He will always be with you. He will always pick you up when you cannot take another step. He will strengthen you when you feel you can't go another day. You know, I watched Haley and Anna Grace leaving for college the last few weeks. And it reminded me of Ethan and Emma going off school. And as you know, as a parent, there are a lot of fears. And there's a lot of worries. The other day I saw a picture of Brian hugging Haley goodbye, and I'm sure Greg had a similar one. I just didn't see that. And I remember my hug to Ethan and Emma as we left their campuses. And it brought another thought to my mind. We had a movie moment when we dropped Emma off. She wanted to walk us out to the, ball, I mean, to the, to the parking lot after we loaded up her dorm. And I remember looking in the rearview mirror, and you see your child in the back. And then the first thought that came to my mind is, man, this, is just, this ain't right. I'm leaving my child standing in a parking lot. She's in a strange town away from home. And they're all alone for the very first time without family. They're alone. Your Lord will be there. He will not fail thee, never will he forsake thee. We're never alone. This should bring us great peace and great comfort in knowing no matter what stage of life that we are in, high school, college, or sending kids off to college, there is no season that we are alone. Does that bring you peace this morning? It should. But if you've never looked into God's promises to you, you will never enjoy this peace and understanding. You know, Greg and Brian can worry till they're blue in their face, but at the end of the day, they have a promise-keeping God that says, you know, I got this. And that's your God. Your God is with you. Your God will strengthen you, and your God will help you. Isaiah 41 and 13, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. At your weakest and most vulnerable point, your God takes you by the hand. That's what he's promised. I will leave you with this regarding God's everlasting promise to stand with us and for us. Joshua 1 and 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Trust God. Trust his word. Trust his promises to you. He will never leave you or forsake you. But you know, as we're on this life journey, many of us come to these crossroads and we just don't know which way to turn. Not only is God with you, but God has a plan for you. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an, an unexpected end. Brother, no matter what's going on in your life, please understand your God has a plan for you. Now understand also, due to our disobedience at times, we can venture off his plan. But his plan involves peace. John, I don't know. <laughs> Man, I'm graduating high school and I, I don't know what to do with my life. I just finished college and I've got a tough career decision. I have a tough relationship decision to make. Whatever the case, God has a plan. Young people, specifically our young people now, do you believe that God has a plan for you? Do you have goals? Do you have goals that may seem a little lofty or hard to obtain that people make fun of you about? <laughs> have you ever heard, yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe you should lower that a little bit. Can I tell you that your God, your God believes in you. Did you know that? He trusts you. Assuming you're following Him and His plan and His will, He is with you. Yeah, Sean, but I want to do such and such, and no one really believes I can do it. No one believes in me. My teachers don't believe me. I just feel like no one's on my side. 1 John 4 and 16, And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. God is love. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7 says, Love believeth all things and hopeth all things. But Sean, my, my friends don't believe me. Your promise-keeping God believes in you. You just remember, seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness. We may not know His plan. We may not agree with His plan. We may not understand His plan, but He has a plan. And take comfort in knowing that He will guide you. Psalms 32 and 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. Man, I don't know. Trust God. God told you something. That something is fact, and it is not changing. Sean, that book was written a long time ago. Your God is an unchanging God. Your God promises to always be with you, to never forsake you, to be your strength when you are too weak. He is involved in the path of your life. He has a plan for you, and he will guide you along that path. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is a faithful, for he is faithful that promise. That is the God that you and I serve. This morning we've talked of just a few of the things that God has promised to us that I personally find comfort in. Brother, at least 7,500 more. 7,500 minimum promises that you can find in his word. Promises for you. Revolving around his love for you. I encourage you to search those out. Find the peace and comfort that your God is involved in your life. If you allow him there. There's so many encouraging words from our creator that can assist us and reassure us and strengthen us in our daily lives. And we don't take advantage of that. We don't recognize that. But we as Christians know there's more to this life. And there's more to this walk that we have on this earth. We know that we're to live a life that is pleasing to God. And unfortunately, we also know that we fail at that miserably. And we sin each and every day. But, brethren, again, I want you to know this morning, you have a God that loves you. You have a God that keeps his word. 
He is a promise-keeping God, and He gave us His Word. He will forgive us of those sins. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. Did you catch that? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalms 103 and 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plentiness and mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Skip down to verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. All those things that I've done, that have damaged my relationship between me and my God, he'll remove. He takes those things and he places them as far as the east is from the west. He chooses to remember those things no more. This is the promise he has made to those that accept him. John 8 and 34, Jesus answered them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Brethren, you and I are slaves. We are slaves to sin. Sin controls us at times and keeps us in bondage, but God makes us a promise. And he gives us his word. Continuing in John 8, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. That's your God. Even though you don't deserve it, God promised you mercy. Even though you did not earn it, he promised you grace. Even though you cannot possibly understand it, your God loves you. And that's the God that we serve. And he's made us more promises. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 50. Now, that I, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That is God's word to you. That is his promise to you. Without a doubt, the most known verse and promise we have from our Heavenly Father is found in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God promises us everlasting life. That's his promise and his word that he's given to you. John 10 and 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. 
That is the God you serve. A God that throughout your life is your strength and your shield and your comfort. A God who is always there. A God that says, you are mine and no man will take you from me. You will live in eternity with me forever. Because I've got a place waiting for you. I prepared a place just for you. John 14 and 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Can you imagine heaven? Can you imagine that promise to you? Can you even begin to picture the glory that he said he's going to give you. I want everyone to do this for me this morning. Don't pick up your Bibles. Just, just hear these words. Matthew 5 and 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Revelations 22 and 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face. Brother, I want you to think about that for a moment. Just imagine that. You will stand before your God. You will stand before the creator of all things, and you will see him face to face. The God that blessed me with my beautiful life, the God that gave me my wife, created her just for me, blessed me with two wonderful children, the God that thought enough and planned enough to give me this family here, he gave me his word that I would see him face to face. I will someday, get this, look into the eyes of the I am. Can you imagine that? If that doesn't make you want to drop to your knees and all, something is wrong. That's God's promise to you, to his people. Your promise keeping God sent his son to suffer a cruel death to wash your sins away through his blood. So that he was able to make and keep this beautiful promise. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe in his promises to you? Do you have faith in his faithfulness? The real question this morning is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And are you willing to repent of your sins, confess his name before men and be baptized, washing away those sins? Because here's the reality and here's the truth. He has given us his word. All these promises, all these blessings, they are for his people. They are for those that love and obey his commandments. Are you willing to become one of his today? If you'd like to be baptized or perhaps you would like the prayers of the church, we'd ask you please come forward as we stand and sing.